all the movies, all those comics, all the games, all those toys, all the TV, the animation. Just give us, just give us one hour and 45 minutes and we will give you everything more. Hello, Marvelites! Welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 300 and... I was going to say 308. No, no, don't skip 307. No. 307 is a crucial episode. Totally is. Oh my god, wait till you see what happens. Oh my goodness. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Ben Morse, joined by... Tucker Marcus. Yeah. We are the trio of terror. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. The triumvirate. We're like... We're like Demolition when they added Crush. So I, I, your axe. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> Too old. I don't actually. I'm a good talker. Yeah, you're a great like, talker. You know, like I, Absolutely. I could do the business back in the day. Absolutely. But now I'm taking a step back. Do you know a lot about Axe before he became Axe? No. He was a wrestler called the Masked Superstar. <laughs> Uh, he opposed Bob Backlund several Ooh. times in the 80s during his run as champion. Mm-hmm. He was actually a really well-respected like yeah. heel wrestler. I remember him. I, I knew that he was well-respected. I just didn't know his history. He was also one of the machines. Oh, everybody was a machine. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I was a machine. I was, I was a machine at machine. some point. Yeah. Yeah. Andre the Giant was a machine. Hulk Hogan was a machine. machine. Roddy Piper. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone was a everybody machine. Everybody was a machine. Roddy, Roddy, Roddy Piper. Piper. Yeah. I know him. <laughs> Way to go, Tucker. You, Thank you. Way to go. That's you, the first thing I could understand there. You, echoing yeah. the sentiments of many of our listeners. Yes. <laughs> uh, if you're just joining us on This Week in Marvel, we are done talking about wrestling this week. We're going to wow. talk about all the new comics out this week. Single issues, collections, uh, print and digital. There's a digital issue we awfully forgot last week. But <sighs> it is so good, and we'll talk about it this week. Um, and then we're going to get to news. Mm-hmm. And I think... This week for news, yeah. I am talking to Nick Lowe, and we have an exclusive announcement. Wait, we're breaking news. That's right. Did it? Did it? Did it? Did it? Did it? Did it? Yeah, we're breaking news. You're gonna have to get through all of our rambling to get to the news, but this is news that you'll probably see on the websites, the internet, the www's. The online, mm. all of those places will take this news. Yep, they are going yeah, to. The news is going to be everywhere, but you're, yep. yeah, you're going to hear it here first, though. We're going to have a Nick Lowe. We're going to break exclusive. I'll even give you a hint. It's Spider Man news. <gasps> Big yeah. time Spider Man news. Very yeah. excited. And we've got uh, Spin Kick Maggie on the uh, producing side. She is smirking at us as yeah! we. Whoa. Oh, that is not Maggie. Tucker. That is not Tucker. A, that was Tucker. <laughs> Tucker trying to break everybody's ears. I think that Jeez. should just be the sound effect that happens every time we refer to Spin, Spin Kick Maggie. Kick Maggie. Yeah. yeah. Is that a good nickname? She's like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Great. We got to get you a microphone yeah. one of these days. Yeah, seriously. Um, but uh, yeah, we're going to get through all that stuff and then come back with your questions and comments. Reminder that you can tweet us using hashtag this week in Marvel. And you can also email us at twimpodcast at marvel.com. Uh, let's just dive into it. Yeah. New books this week. Oh, no. Yes, before we dive before into Before we go things, in, want to yeah. talk about this for a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, sadly, Len Wein passed away this week at yep. the age of 69. Uh, so young. Yeah, young guy, legendary creator, um, probably best known for co-creating Wolverine and the all-new X-Men, but he was also the editor-in-chief of Marvel for a time. Uh, you know, uh, this will come up in our comments mm-hmm. section later, um, but 
one of our loyal listeners, Simon, he mentioned not just Wolverine. Like, yeah. we talk about Wolverine and the all-new, all-different X-Men, yeah. but, like, that's Wolverine and that Storm. Storm Colossus, Nightcrawler. Uh, Thunder, Thunderbird. 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 Yeah. Thunderbird. And so that is, like, Wolverine, obviously. Like, that yeah. is a... Huge. Up and apart in a way of its own thing. But Storm? Yeah, Storm is a huge game changer character. Colossus and Nightcrawler. Like, beloved. Every Think about your love for Marvel and your love for the X-Men and how it would... Yeah. I don't even... I Like, I can't You can't imagine, imagine the X-Men without those characters. Which, They're hands crucial. down, you cannot. Yeah. And they've affected... You know, you look at the Black Panther stories that we've gotten over the last mm-hmm. couple of years and Storm has been crucial to those. And, like, you know, Wolverine has been an Avenger and all these other things and it's so yeah. important to our character. I did a little look back on Len's bibliography just to see if he had just done X-Men stuff, but he literally worked on every yeah. key Marvel title. He was on Amazing Spider-Man, he was on Fantastic Four, Incredible Hulk. he was on Daredevil, Incredible Hulk, Thor. He touched all of them. There was, I, I, I forgive me for forgetting, but I saw a, a creator tweet how much they loved Len's contributions mm-hmm. to Thor, particularly in, uh, not Thor, in, in Hulk, in Hulk's love of beans. Oh, did he come and up the, with Hulk's love of beans? There's four panels love of Hulk that. talking about how much he loved beans. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, it's a thing. And it was like, this is terrific. <laughs> the Hulk, like, I remember distinctly a scene where the Hulk met up with some hobo. and the Crackerjack Jones, I think. Yeah. I okay. think that's Crackerjack. Yeah, and he calmed him down by giving him beans. And then Hulk's forevermore. Hulk's like, I love beans. There's yeah. a, a, a panel of him, like, a giant pot of beans, and he's just happy so there you like, go <laughs> we need another beans back in the hulk mythology yeah. that needs to be a big thing but that's another thing we can thank one Wing for yes. wolverine storm hulk loving beans yep <laughs> probably his top three <laughs> accomplishments but no seriously a very uh very accomplished and by all accounts a just a great guy i yeah. never met him no. never had the pleasure but um i saw you know tweets of remembrance from fabian nicaes our friend who's on the show who said he was just one of the best todd knock another friend of ours who spoke highly of him as a guest at conventions and just tom brevoard axel alonzo yep. said really nice things yeah, uh, yeah. hugh jackman tweeted out some yeah. nice stuff yeah. um yeah and and of course you know we don't talk about them much but dc he did a mm-hmm. ton of work for for the distinguished competition co-created and, the thing from the swamp yep that guy yeah uh, and so much more and and worked on the men who watch mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but he was also you know an editor for us mm-hmm. too and did so much work it's just yeah like, like he, i said he was editor-in-chief at one point yeah so he uh he will be missed and we certainly send our prayers and condolences to his friends and family yes well said all right now with that said, time to dive into the new books. Out. Let's dive in. Let's start off this week with Amazing Spider-Man number 32, written by Dan Slott. Beautiful, beautiful guest art by Greg Smallwood, recently of Moon Knight, and uh, incredible colors by Jordi Belair. This issue is a focus on Norman Osborn, the former Green Goblin, who, man, he just wants to be Green Goblin so bad again. So he wants to be the Green Goblin again, but unfortunately, Spider-Man, Peter Parker, has injected him with these nanites that prevent him from using his Goblin Center and prevent him from accessing the Green Goblin Center of his brain. I believe it's a science. I Now, thinking about this, I'm like, all right, why can't we get these nanites injected to all the evil sure. people? Like, sure. Just get him in, just give him all these injections, get them all loaded up with yep. nanites, because you, sh- you know that won't turn out to be a bad thing. Yeah, and then we will just have no more comics. Because there's no villains. 
Huh. Or it could be like Happy Hulk and everyone's just happy. And eating beans. And, and eating, eating beans. beans. There you go. We just have big bean-eating crossovers. <laughs> <laughs> secret <laughs> beans. Secret beans. Marvel superheroes, secret In- beans. Infinity beans. Yep. <laughs> Bean beans. wars. Secret beans. Yep. Secret beans again. Beans invasion. Secret beans again. <laughs> yep. That was I did it for Secret Wars, Secret Invasion, and Secret Empire. <laughs> they were all Secret Beans. Ooh, Beans Empire. Ooh, Beans Empire. That's a good one. Okay. All right, so Norman Osborn can no longer become the Green Goblin. He's also got his face all messed up from these experiments he's been doing. So what we have is he goes to all these different people trying to get them to help him unlock the Goblin Center of his brain. He, uh, he goes to a scientist. He goes to a therapist. He goes to what looks like an acupuncturist. It's yeah, a, it's an interesting choice for for Normie, but you know, Look, go for it. Any port in a storm, as yeah, they say, right? Absolutely. Then in this gorgeously illustrated uh, Smallwood Belair page, he basically journeys to I don't know, let's say the Himalayas, somewhere snowy and remote, where he meets up with uh, Master Hawk, Master Ox, and Master Snake. And there's uh, a, they they have a name for the temple. I think it was bef- on the page before mm-hmm. they're telling him where to go. Temple it's, of Doom. Yeah, it's it's not. <laughs> it's something. Uh, I don't know where it is. I've heard of a place, but I must warn you, it's not that easy to find, and I've been told not everyone can see it. I don't yeah. think they name it. I, I felt like maybe they didn't, but they it, it's cool, and you know, obviously, and they <clears throat> talk about it. Yeah. The similarities. Can we take a sec to talk mm. about the old school Marvel ads? Because sure. I don't think we've talked about them yet, and I really like them. <laughs> They're really cool. These Marvel Legacy ads are like old school bombastic, colorful ads for all the Marvel Legacy titles that are coming. They've been in the books the last few weeks, and I really enjoyed them. Yeah, and I, I like Gwenpool's because she, like, calls it yep. out and then talks about yep. she's going to have to be doing fruit pies. And look, yeah. if we get to fruit pie ads, hey, I, we've won. We did it. Yeah. Marvel Legacy is a huge win yeah. right there. All right, so anyways, Norman meets these three masters, and he basically says, how can I become the Green Goblin again? And the key for them is magic. Yes. And yes, as noted, it's a similar journey to Doctor Doom, Doctor Strange, Mordo, Do- Mordo, um, the Ancient One. Yep. So all all, it, all the parallels are there, and they point them out. Yeah, willpower and a desire to fix something. Right. So they have the monks have uh, Norman Osborn touch this jewel. He's able to light it up and make all these little glowy things, and they're like, "Oh, okay, you've got the uh, you've got the stuff." Or you've got the touch. You've got the touch. You've got the power. Uh, so we see Roman Osborne getting his meditation on, devoting himself, probably doing a lot of the stuff Maggie does on a regular basis, just with the, uh, the katas and the rituals he's following. Um, a gym kata? Do you do you do gym kata? Well, then I guess you're not much of a martial artist. Please, who, continue. Is I, who is Jim Cotta? I will punch you right now, <laughs> and then I will get like some monkey bars or whatever. HR, HR. <laughs> Jim Cotta is the greatest martial artist. So then Norman Osborn, um, they're told you are going to you're going to meet your token, your spirit animal. Yeah, and he does, and it's this beautiful green tiger. So we think he's finally got Wait. the keys. What? It's a regular color tiger. Is it not green? It's not oh, green. Oh, God. Curse you, color blindness. <laughs> I thought it was, that was a green so tiger That was so sweet, though. Sure. Yeah. What I color is it? Is it orange? It's orange. Oh, man. I can usually do orange. <laughs> I'm getting worse. <laughs> uh, anyways, he does that, and then he 
goes to pick a mask off the wall. Uh, he goes for the tiger mask, and it becomes and ooh, tiger mask. Ooh, it's a wrestler. Mm, yeah. Um, it becomes a goblin mask, and he wears it, and he uses his magic, and he summons Spider Man, and they have this awesome, uh, sh- like mystic showdown where where Green Goblin's using magical powers, and Spider Man pulls on his totem, but it's not enough, and Green Green Goblin just totally annihilates him, and and destroys him puts him down to his base elements and uh the monks say what no you can't do it as as the as the giant goblin is eating the spider totem and they're like oh my you're a monster you must be stopped and he this great panel of giant monster goblin osborne going ha 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 who's gonna do that boys you that instinct was that insect was the one thing holding me back i can do anything now ha ha anything and then there's a big flip and then there's a big reveal, and then everything is different. Real talk, I was not expect. I was like, wait, no. oh my god! I thought this is- this was the new twist that yeah. is going to be coming to him. I and I was like, whoa! I was like, all right, Norman Osborn with magic, great. Yeah. Let's let's get it on. But something else happens, and it ends with Norman basically proclaiming he will bring the Goblin back. He now has the confidence. He knows there's a way. I just thought this was a great done in one story with beautiful art. Beautiful emotional stuff, a real peer into the psychoses of Norman Osborn. Dan Slott obviously really gets him, and I just thought it was a nicely done issue. Yes. Yes. All, all those that. that would have been one of my picks if you hadn't stolen I it. First. Swiped it up. <laughs> uh, my first pick is The Defenders number five, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by David Marquez, colored by Justin Ponsor. Uh, we open up with Danny Rand, the Iron Fist, saying, Owie. Uh, and we pull back and we see that he's being treated by the night nurse uh, for some injuries that he'd just recently taken. And uh, the defenders are in the room and they're having a conversation. And the, and the night nurse kind of offhandedly mentions that uh, she's having trouble paying rent. And as a thank you, Danny Rand says, I'm just going to buy you the building. And it's yours. I like that he says, I meant, I thought, uh, he goes like, I thought I already did this. Did I already do yeah. this? Did I already buy you a building? He's oh, like, I'm going to buy you a car <laughs> yeah, or like totally, uh, something else. I totally meant to buy you a car or a building. You're saying, I'm sorry. Let yeah. me buy you this building now. It, it's it's such a great picture of who Danny Rand is. But I think he also contextualizes it really nicely. She says, no, it's too much. And he says, no, it's not. It's a building. The universe is vast. And it's essentially a thank you for all that she does for the Defenders. Mm-hmm. Then... Our old man, Daredevil, says, hang on, guys, I can hear something. And uh, hear we anything. cut to Diamondback in the back of a police van uh, sitting opposite the Punisher. And they kind of have some verbal sparring. Diamondback really goes hard at Frank and about his past and his family. Obviously, stuff is about to go down. And then out of nowhere, boom. The van flips over. They get into a big fight. Well, one of the things that I, I like about this this book in particular, I think there's a couple places where they – it's like Jaws. You don't see the, mm-hmm. the, the shark much of the movie. There are some things in here you don't actually see what exactly happens, but – you are you're given the surrounding part of it you're built you build up the tension mm-hmm. in your mind in in different ways so like that scene with diamondback and punisher you don't see exactly how diamondback does what he does right or what happens to frank or just like the van's just going going and then it flips and mm-hmm. it's like oh my god like that's a really cool moment and then towards the end 
when Diamondback comes back again, you see what he does, but you there's part of it that you don't see, which thankfully because it's gruesome and, yep. and terrible. Mm-hmm. But there, yeah, there's. It's it's, it's great well to have said. the narrative context of what's happening, but when you when you have such powerful emotional context as well, it just adds so much more. We cut back to the defenders um, who are on a rooftop. They know something's up, uh, and Luke and Jessica decide to go visit someone that Jessica knows named Raindrop Lily. Great yeah, name. yeah. Great name. So part of the Bendis verse, Raindrop yep. Lily yes. in Jessica Jones books, uh, been great there. Uh, also, you cannot. You I will cannot not. go past <laughs> the Damon Hellstrom walking out of Raindrop's place. Yes. He's got his leather jacket on, oh. and he's all like, look at my abs. I'm so hot. <laughs> and then there's the quick interaction. I feel like we've missed Damon Hellstrom yeah. from our lives. Remember, remember when he was appearing in every He book? was everywhere. He's going to be in Spirits of Vengeance coming up. Hell yeah. So we will get some more Damon Hellstrom for our money. Yeah, yeah there's a quick moment uh, where that he has, he shares with Jessica, uh, and I love it. Uh, Jessica just says it's been a long time and he just hisses at her <laughs> spits fire his hair uh, you know he kind of blows up a bit but like Luke, you know he's dated you know he's been intimate intimate with <laughs> he is known yeah. in the Capricay. biblical sense too many people <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah he's such a scuzzbag yeah. uh, love him Luke, love him <laughs> Luke and Jessica go in to visit Raindrop, and they ask for her help. She's essentially like a fixer type, uh, and she refuses. She straight up uh, uh, says that she doesn't want in on whatever they're proposing. We cut back to Luke and Dan, uh, sorry, to Daredevil and Iron Fist on a rooftop, similarly kind of keeping an eye out for Diamondback. Uh, they, and then again, our old man DD uh, gets his old sense that Electra was where they were. But we cut to uh, uh, out of nowhere flying through the sky uh, Black Cat. I wouldn't say flying. Yeah. Flying. Uh, gliding? Yeah, like Falling you know. with style? Yeah. yeah. Falling, Disney. Thank you. Falling with finesse. Parkouring? Yeah. Uh, and she essentially, she's coming home one night and who does she find at her apartment but uh, uh, Dimeback himself having escaped the van with Frank, and then there is quite a gruesome, dark ending in store for her. And that's where we leave it. Yeah. Yeah. Intense. Mm-hmm. Really good. Yes, really good. Also really good, Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme, number 12. This, my loves, is Sadly. the last issue of this run. Uh, it is written by Robbie Thompson, art by Nathan Stockman, and colors by Jim Campbell. This is also a widescreen mm-hmm. issue. I asked, we used to do Marvel Vision. Is that what it was called? That was what it was called, Marvel Vision. Because I was looking at this and I was like, how is the publishing team like explaining? What do you what do you call this when yeah. it's like this? Marvel Vision would be good, but this is they just flipped it on its side yep. and you read it, you know, a, a different way. Very difficult to read on the train. Is it? Yeah, it's it's almost like you're looking at a centerfold. <laughs> it's like I was yeah. looking at a calendar. The people around me were all looking at me like, ah, this. This scummy kid. (laughs) (laughs) But it is it is used to great effect here. Uh, Nathan Stockman, wonderful artist, so good. Uh, I cannot. As much as I am sad to see Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme end, and I am sad to see an end, I am very anxious to see where Nathan Stockman shows up next. Yes, and he's taken the baton from Javier Rodriguez really, really well. In terms, yeah, I'm still waiting to see where Javier Rodriguez shows up 
next. Yes, the two of them, dynamite artists, and thankfully they are with a dynamite writer, Robbie Thompson, who has built such great characters out of these various sorcerers, Supreme. We've got here Merlin has shown back up in the book. The start of the series was Merlin dying, and he was recruiting the rest of these this little team of Sorcerers Supreme to come and, and you know, solve this thing that he needed them to do. Well, here he is. Uh, there's great moment and this great cutaway page in this widescreen issue. You see Merlin walking through the Sanctum Sanctorum. There's one part where he's just sitting on the couch, like, having a drink. I love it. It's little touches that Yep. Make me so happy. But we've got Merlin with Doctor Strange, Kushala, uh, the Ancient One, and the Mindful. Uh, Mindful, just my favorite. Hopefully not going away anytime soon. I love Mindful so much. Mm-hmm. But they are coming to the end of this journey. They're finding out how they need to... It really stems with... Uh, the Ancient One. Uh, it ties back to the Ancient One and his sort of quest for immortality, but they fight monsters and demons and all kinds of stuff. Then there's this beautiful page. They need help. Uh, they need help. And then, Oh, this was the page of the week for me. Yeah. Before that, Merlin's like, hey, hang out. Deal with what you got to do. I'll be back. I'm going to get a little help. And then he comes back in. There's this beautiful splash page of Merlin and dozens of Sorcerers Supreme from different eras and time periods and stuff. And he says... We can be of ex- uh, of assistance, and you've got uh, Doctor Voodoo in here. You've got Clea. You've got Amordo. You've got a Moloid Sorcerer Supreme. We've got um this guy, the dude from Krugar, <laughs> Krugar from, from Guardians, uh, of, the Guardians Galaxy. of the Galaxy, Volume Two. Who I, is a mm, uh, an actual comics? Yeah, he's Sorcerer Supreme. Character. Yep. Um, who else do we got here? This look, I I thought this was maybe Nate Gray. Ooh, is that Nate Gray? I, I don't know. So, it's tough. Of, of course, that's, you've got Wiccan. That's Margali Cesardos, uh, the um, the adopted mother of Nightcrawler. Duh, obviously. obviously. Uh, that, this looks that. like a Galactus almost, a yeah. Galactus source. Looks print. like two Galactuses, Galacti. Yeah. I, there's so many cool little things in here. It's that guy. Yeah, he looks like a Spider-Man Sorcerer Supreme. Spider-Man Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah, we yeah. we could go on about yeah. this uh, page all day. Uh, we should have you should do a thing with Robbie and uh, Nathan. Yeah. Just if they can pick it, like, can you name? Can you? Yeah. And they're like, no. <laughs> yeah. We just made <laughs> Why really are you wasting our time. We designed some really cool sorcerers in here. The end. Uh, but they get just really great stuff. The the reuniting of various characters from throughout the book. <laughs> mindful being like different Merlin he's a little suspicious of Merlin but there's great moments there there's great ways that they are teaming up to help the ancient one and there's this ancient one has been kind of a jerk throughout the entire series for sure but this is like the moment where he realizes that he is the most important part of this whole thing and in a way that is could have turned him into an even bigger jerk it humbles him mm-hmm. it brings him back to a nice uh, point in in who he is and who he will be, which is great. Just lots of, like, hugs and happiness and fun times at the end. And it is the last page is so wonderful. Mm -hmm. It is endings and beginnings, and there's a great final page that is the the letter from Robbie and the rest of the creative team just saying goodbye. And it's really – it's bittersweet, but hands down one of my favorite series of the last few years – if you've not read it yet, you can read a bunch on Marvel Unlimited, and mm-hmm. the rest will be there soon. Get those trades. Get them trades. Be beautiful. That's going to be a beautiful book to pick up and trade, except you have to turn it to the side for one issue. <laughs> yeah. 
That's really going to mess with you. Yeah. Deal with it. Deal with it, guys. Deadpool number 36, written by Jerry Duggan, art by Matteo Lolli, inks by Christian Dahlia uh, Vecha. And the title, I want to give credit here, the title is C-S-I, comma, change. So it's (laughs) C-change. That's right. That's pretty clever. All right, so this is really the final chapter of a super story that Jerry has been doing for more than the last 36 issues, really since Marvel Now started. Um, With Deadpool kind of becoming this beloved hero, he was an Avenger, he worked with Captain America, he had a family, he had friends. Everything Deadpool never had was seeming to come together for him, and Deadpool was becoming really this heroic, great character. Secret Empire ruined everything for Deadpool. He sided with the wrong guy, Captain America, which, who can blame him? It's Captain America, but it was a big mistake. Um, He sided with Captain America. He became part of HYDRA. He did all these terrible things. He killed Coulson. He killed Preston. uh, He estranged himself from his daughter. So we basically pick up with he is one of the FBI's 10 most wanted, and he's on the run. He's basically trying to piece his life back together. He uh, comes across an old friend from HYDRA. Uh, They have a great meeting. Um, and that's a little cathartic, but we see him at the graveyard. We see him with Preston's family. It's so sad because he was so close with Preston's family. It was finally his family. And he just, you know, he goes, Terry, I'm here, Terry. Don't be afraid. And Terry, who's Preston's husband, pulls a gun on him. He says, that gun won't stop me. Um, and then he basically dares him to shoot him but then his daughter shows up with Preston's son it's heartbreaking it's terrible uh Deadpool we still got like the goofy Deadpool stuff where he's like eating hot dogs raw um but Ugh. he's he's calling <laughs> he's calling Strife on the phone which is never good I like Strife in this book I'm glad Strife's gonna be a big part of it I love Strife Strife um Strife has basically Deadpool made a deal with Strife to save a couple lives and Strife's deal was, if you save these lives, I'm going to make you snuff out a few lives in return in the future. So there's something very interesting that I paused on Mm -hmm, when mm -hmm. I was reading their conversation. Strife says, or the the conversation goes, that Strife was to save four lives. Right. And Deadpool was to kill, to do one or whatever it was. But four lives. So we've got Preston's husband, Mm -hmm. Preston's son yep ellie, ellie who is the fourth who is the fourth that question. to me was a big like wait a minute i don't know mm. i feel like maybe i don't know if i'm overthinking it or if that yeah. was just a simple like jerry like putting something in there and just being like yeah, y'all can read this <laughs> i don't know man find it if you can we'll find out Hopefully. Or we won't because it was just nothing. No, I think it's something. You think it's something. I feel like it's something. All right. If you think it's something, I really feel I like trust it's something. You. I so trust you it's something. I'm excited. Like, right. that to me is like, the, I, there's that, like, glimmer of hope Yeah. that we don't know of yet. But Deadpool basically says, like, he calls Strife and Strife's like, yeah, we got this deal. And Deadpool's like, yeah, well, I don't want to do this. Um, he says, because he says he wants him to kill Cable. Yeah. Spoilers, guys. Um, Strife wants him to kill Cable. Not really that much of a surprise. Uh, That's kind of Strife's thing. Yeah. He's killing Cable. Deadpool is in a unique position to do it. You know what's already killing Cable? 
streaming services. Streaming services. Hey. But Deadpool says he's not going to do it. Stripe says, yeah, well, guess what? I time tra- traveled to last Christmas and I'm hanging out with your daughter. And she thinks she's hanging out with your buddy Cable. And if you don't ice Cable for me, I'm going to wax her and it's not going to be good. See, I used ice and wax in place of kill there. Uh, but it didn't sound good because nope, wax definitely sounds did like not. something else. So Deadpool gets really pissed off. He uh, lights Preston's house on fire. He remembers a few arcs ago when he was fighting Sabretooth and Sabretooth saying, you know, Deadpool, this is really bad that you have, like, friends and family and allies and all this stuff. It's going to end badly for you, and you're going to drag them all down with you. Sabretooth, voice of reason. Uh, he goes to the headquarters he had with the Avengers, the theater. He burns that to the ground. Basically, Deadpool just burning his great life to the ground, stealing a motorcycle from someone, driving off, and we get the despicable Deadpool next. So what we've had was this mega arc of Deadpool getting everything he ever wanted, losing everything he ever wanted, and he's going to come out this other end a completely new character, a worse Deadpool than we've ever seen before, and that's what Jerry's going to write next in the despicable Deadpool as part of Marvel Legacy. What like So sad. The arc, so sad. The arc for Deadpool is incredible. I want Jerry to win all the awards. Yeah, give Jerry the awards, guys. All the awards. He deserves them. Your Oscars, your goats, your Cleos, your goats. Yeah, <laughs> Tr- trampoline awards. <laughs> yeah, whatever <laughs> awards there are. Yeah. Next up is Star Wars thirty six. Seamless transition by Tucker Marcus. Uh, by Jason Aaron. Uh, art by Salvador LaRocca, colors by Edgar Delgado. It's the penultimate issue yeah. by Jason Aaron before he finishes his, his own epic run it's on, not okay. on a series. Not okay. Not okay. Not yeah, okay. He's not allowed to leave. We didn't approve this. No, and uh, uh, and I have to say, no, <laughs> dear Jason, call in. You're uh, a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to see him in a couple weeks. I'm going to tell him. Tell You're him. a jerk. <laughs> tell him. Yes, in that exact time. I'm going to say, I love you. <laughs> we hug. open up on a floating X-Wing, uh, floating through space. A Star Destroyer comes upon it cl- in classic M- Imperial fashion. They say, there are no life forms aboard. Let's just not destroy it immediately with uh, k- with laser fire. Classic. Uh, and get stupid, themselves into stupid. a whole lot of trouble for it. Because guess who's on the X-Wing? None other than our hero in this issue, R2-D2. Uh, the Star Destroyer pulls the X-Wing on board. Uh, obviously, the uh, the Stormtroopers think that he's just another innocuous droid. Surprise! A uh, little uh, electric shock from R2. He escapes. The uh, commander's don't know what's going on. They think it's some sort of, like, big, badass killer droid that Mm -hmm. is uh, infiltrated. The Star Destroyer, little do they know, uh, R2 draws some stormtroopers into friendly fire. He basically goes through this entire issue, coming up with more and more creative droid ways to kill stormtroopers. He sends some out of a, a vacuum lock, an airlock, uh, and it's all in an effort to save his old pal C-3PO. It is. This is maybe my favorite issue of the series so far. Completely. Just there's so much like the character of R2-D2. All right. So there is a masterful quality to this issue in that, one, you've got a character who does not speak English. We mm, cannot no. read his beeps and boops. Beeps and boops, man. You've got a character who you don't see 
do all the actions that are taking place. And you've got a, a character on a on this quest. And it is so captivating mm-hmm. and so engaging. And you believe all of it so readily. And it's, it's just fantastic. One of the great... Uh, it, such an awesome choice that Jason Aaron made throughout this issue is this kind of device is there are these little... Uh, notes on every few panels that are essentially like an owner's manual to an astromech droid. And it says things like, the R2 astromech is not a social droid. If your R2 unit begins showing signs of attachment to other droids, a full memory wipe is recommended for proper functionality. And it's essentially just showing R2 how different he is from what he was programmed to be and how dynamic and heroic a droid he really is in spite of his uh, his, uh, droid makeup. He gets his old pal, uh, 3PO. Uh, Vader kills some uh, Imperial officers, as he yeah. wants to do. That's going to happen. 3PO and R2 escape on the on the X-Wing and are followed by Vader himself before the Falcon and Luke in his own X-Wing show up and kind of chase Vader off uh, and allow our two droid friends to escape. And then on the final page, setting up for Jason Aaron's final issue for uh, We Change Writers on the series, uh, we get a big reveal of the Scar Squadron, who are back, uh, a badass team of elite stormtroopers who are after the, after the team. And uh, yeah, really can't wait for issue 37. Who, who's taking over the series? Is it a, uh, one Kieran Gillen. That's what hey. I Kieran yes. Gillen, also a fine Star Wars writer in his own right. Absolutely. Yeah. You want to do some accents, Ryan? Hey, everybody. No, I love <laughs> Kieran too much to, to do a bad British accent. All right. I love him. I would say you don't love him enough to do a bad British accent. <laughs> Maybe. I would have to have him do a bad Long Island or slash Ooh, New York yeah, accent such a bad at one. me <laughs> while yeah. I did a bad British accent That's at him. That's the only way it would feel fair. All right. But anyway, on to the last book uh, of my stack is The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, number 24. And look, I'm going to be honest with you You give me dinosaurs. <laughs> you give me robots. You give me robot dinosaurs. Oh, my God. And Squirrel Girl. And a, a Doombot, I'm sold. And that's yeah. what this issue that's has. It. Throw Done. it down. It is, it's got a Doombot named Antonio, mm-hmm. who is Antonio fantastic. the Doombot. It has a T-Rex version of Ultron, who is kind of sassy. Who Very just, sassy. It wants to kill all life, but has got a great bit of snark to him. You've got Squirrel Girl kicking butt, but not being able to stop the Ultron bot right now. Uh, you've got Dinosaur Poop. You've got... Uh, a really great suit up moment between with uh, Doreen and um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Nancy? No, the oh, the squirrel. Tippy toe. Tippy toe. Yeah, I was. Uh, my brain was trying to tell me Mon- Monkey Joe. Monkey, Monkey Joe's, Joe's been dead, dead for years. Yeah. R.I.P. Um, Monkey Joe. Yes, uh, with Tippy toe and you got great again dinosaur moments. It is fantastic. It's super fun. Craven at the end. Craven's going to come into the main part of the story next issue. It is so, so good. Guys, we had a couple of big number ones come out this week. And I mean big number ones. First, let's talk about Runaways number one, written by Rainbow Rowell, who we had as a guest on our podcast, and uh, drawn by Chris Anka, colors by Matthew Wilson. This is the return of the Runaways. Wow. What a uh, return it is. We focus on Nico and Chase 
And this is just like, this is what they call joined in media res because something big mm. has happened. Chase has done something uh, that requires Nico to draw on her magic powers in a way she has not before. We really get an exploration here by um, Rainbow of Nico's powers and just the limitations and how she can't do a spell more than once and what a problem that causes. Basically... Uh, Chase has brought Nico someone to save, someone who is on death's door, and it's it's crucially important to both of them this person is saved. Nico summons a doctor and gets, like, a, I think a podiatrist or something. Yeah, um, a podiatrist, yeah. Gets a podiatrist who knows a little bit about medicine, and then Nico's just using all of these stopgap spells to try to get things going. It's really fun. It's really, like... You're on the edge of your seat. You're like, oh, my God, is this going to work? Is this going to work? Um, the medical stuff's really funny but also really intense. Um, and then the character stuff between Nico and Chase and this third character uh, is huge. And you just see that right, right off the bat that Rainbow really gets the characters. Chris Anka does a brilliant job making them look the right age, giving them some cool clothes to, to, to uh, deck around in. And then we get... Um, a shot of old lace, which shows that Chris Anko can draw a badass dinosaur. So, so there's that to look forward to. Um, and we get a cliffhanger at the end with a mystery villain, which is always a lot of fun. But, man, it's just good to see the Runaways back. Someone who really gets their voice. Someone who gets their appeal. And I think we're going to get some really good Runaways stuff out of this. Yeah, there's a lot of anticipation for this, particularly because we have the television show yes. coming to Hulu real soon. And I... I I loved this issue. I mean, look, Chris Anka, he is the best. He's one of my favorite artists right now. Um, so I know that's going to be great. Matt mm -hmm. Wilson, Eisner Award winning. Yep. Matt Wilson, just fantastic. Eisner's at the wazoo. I did not, I was not familiar with Rainbow's work beforehand, but mm -hmm. there were so many people here at Marvel who were really excited about her. My wife was really excited when she found out cool. that Rainbow was coming on the book. And so I've, you know, and I've met her. She's she's awesome. She's really cool. Yeah. And this issue was dynamite, dynamite, and not what I was expecting. I I honestly thought there, you know, it would be like, hey, here's the team and doing all this, and it's like, no, this is the story that we're telling and right. taking it, and it, it's such an emotional, like right off the bat with Nico, and then you add all the other stuff that happens in it. Wow. I like the fact that this is just Nico. I mean, straight out, we'll just say it. Molly and um, Carolina do not appear in this issue. Yeah. And I like that. Let's make them showing up a big deal. Let's make yeah. each time a member of the Marlowe shows up a big deal. Let's focus on Nico. Let's focus on Chase. Let's really dig into them, because I feel like that's the spirit of the original series. Um, like the first issue, we did meet all the characters, but it was so much about Alex and really getting to know him. And that was your way in. I just feel like this is a book that really honors the spirit of the Runaways and it's going to do a bang up job with it. Yep. Also a bang up job. We've got Secret Empire Omega number one. Number one. Written by Nick number Spencer. <laughs> written by Nick Spencer. Art by Andrea Sorrentino. Additional art by Joe Bennett with Joe Pimentel, Scott mm. Hanna, and Rochelle Rosenberg. And um, yeah, so this is the uh, the epilogue to the whole Secret Empire saga, if you will. And it's very similar to your uh, Civil War of the Oath. Yep, Civil War of right? the Oath. Uh, where you have Civil War II, the Oath. <laughs> the characters talking to each other. In this case, it's Steve Rogers, our Captain America, talking to Steve-El, mm. the evil uh, Bad, Hydra no Supreme. Captain America. I'm so glad he's sticking around. 
Yeah. I thought for sure he would be a one-and-done crossover villain, but there is so much potential with an evil Captain America It's like who believes fully in what he's about. Right, and you've got, you know, you had Red Skull for so many years who, whatever, I'm sure he can come back. He's come back from the dead before. Yeah, but Red Skull is out of the picture. Mm-hmm. You need this flip of the coin yeah. to Captain America. Like, that's always been a really important part of who Cap is, having this evil antithesis who believes so fully in whatever it is and in this case it's evil and it's mean and it's you know there's so mean yeah you know, perfect just, word for just, it it's mean he's, <laughs> yeah he just, he's, this uh, guy you know he's a fascist that they're they're known for being mean they are they are <laughs> screw the fascists um and so yeah you've got a lot of this this issue is based around the conversation between the two of them their ideologies their thoughts about who they are, what they're doing, where they're going. In here, interspersed with that, we get little vignettes of other characters that have been important throughout Secret Empire. Winter Soldier bit gets me right there, man. That Winter Soldier. Every time they bring that up, it will pierce me right in the heart. Yep. Uh, But even the page before the Winter Soldier bit is uh, a thing with Natasha, her funeral, Mm -hmm. Clint Barton breaking down because they were getting down they were doing down getting busy tucker doing the nasty if you will what (laughs) what in the uh throughout the the series so he was more emotionally connected to her and now she's gone but then we flip over and yes you've got the winter soldier aspects to it and a very intriguing couple of pages uh, in there you've got the sort of Stevel stoking the flames of cap's thinking he's trying to uh say cap you know you don't know nothing. Mm. You don't know the people. You don't know your world. Yeah. I know Look it all. what I did. Look how easily I took everything from you. Yeah. Look how easily they wanted to follow me. Yeah. Look at my butt. It is so sculpted. So they were right sculpted. after it. Yep. And then we go over. We see some stuff with the mutants. Uh, it's, I like it. In the middle of this conversation, we've got a lot of elements that show us where stories could go for a lot of characters and also to sh- their elements that show hey this is a last this crossover is going to have lasting effects yes. because sometimes people complain about you know we have these mega story events that take place and they don't change anything everything stays the same you see there are like four or five things right off the bat just having Stevel still in the picture alone is a huge change for the marvel universe but as you see here there are like a bunch of other ones that affect other characters. Yeah, the Punisher. Can, yeah, the Punisher has stuff. The mutants have stuff. Winter Soldier has stuff. Like, this can all spin off beautifully. Yeah. And all of this, you know, Cap takes a powder. He's like, look, whatever. You're behind bars. I'm going to do what I got to do. Uh, you can believe whatever you want. But at the end of the day, we won good triumphs over evil. Yep. Kiss my booty. And then <laughs> but we get the last word is so... It's unnerving mm-hmm. and disturbing, and you know in the future there's there will more, be more, to, come. more to come. All right, let's quick hit it, starting with All New Wolverine, number 24, written by Tom Taylor, art by Leonard Kirk, colors by Michael Garland and Eric Arseniega. This is the conclusion of Laura's Big Adventure in Space, where Gabby has been taken over by a brood queen. She's teaming up with the Guardians of the Galaxy. The Guardians are insistent that your friend is gone. You must abandon her. Laura's insistent that, no, I'm not. 
There is a huge change for Jonathan the Wolverine that happens. Oh in my this god! Issue. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! And um, I'm not going to spoil what happens with Laura and Gabby. I want you guys to read this and find out for yourself. But I will say that the guy responsible for all of this meets a fate that uh, he so richly deserves. And now we're heading back to Earth, and things are awesome. He got his just desserts. Yes. All right, we've yes. got Ben Riley, The Scarlet Spider, number seven, written by Peter David, art by Will Sliney, colors by Jason Keith. And at the end of last issue, uh, Kane died. Yeah. He was dead ski. Adioski, Kane. What? Adioski, Kane. <laughs> I got confused. You said dead ski, so I, I said adioski. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, in here, Ben Riley's like flipping out. He's like, wait, this. I was just expecting us to have, you know, tit for tat a lot. Yeah. He's going to be my, you know, yeah, my, he's, he's my nemesis. My <laughs> We're going to do this for years. We're brothers. This is how it happens. But he's dead. And at the heart of it is Marlo Chandler, who, yes, she was. You want to talk about the Bendis verse. Let's back it up yes. and talk about the Peter David verse. Yes. Which is definitely the uh, predecessor in all ways to the Bendis One hundo. If, if Rick Jones and Marlo Chandler, uh, Chandler show up. And so, I mean, it used to be. Rick Jones was everyone's character. Yeah. That's what's so impressive about Peter, Peter David is that he took Rick Jones, who was basically the character who floated from book to book and was everyone's character, and made him a Peter David character. Yes. And made Marlo Chandler, his wife, a Peter David character. If they show up and they reference stories going back to her cohabiting with death that happened in, like, the Captain Marvel series. I didn't know anything about oh, this. Oh, it's amazing. But you <laughs> yeah. love it. You got to love I it. I did. Yeah. yeah. So we... I guess that's not like a... Su- I, I wasn't sure if that was a, a thing that was nope. already established. Yeah, it's very established. So, yeah, she... Death is like... Death, like, hangs out inside her yep. when death wants to mm-hmm, be on Earth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, what? So we got this whole great story about death being on Earth. There's mentions of Thanos and Deadpool and really <laughs> great things with Ben Riley And, like, at the heart... I think what Peter's doing really well is putting Ben in this really gray area. Mm-hmm. He is a total schmuck. But at the same time, he is also at his core kind of heroic. Yeah, and he's battling. He's still got those, those traces of Peter Parker in him. You yeah. can't, you can't totally get rid of him. Yeah. So it, this was a fantastic. I liked issue. it. This it is a really fun really issue. Good. I agree with you. Uh, next up, we have Generations: The Bravest. Back into the Vanishing Point uh, once again, written by Margaret Stoll, art by Brent Schoonover, colors by Jordan Boyd, and it's Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel. We jump right in. To the negative zone <laughs> with Carol. Oh. oh, Tucker, you've brought so much to this podcast. Uh, with Carol, and she is uh, saving the day from some insectoid uh, creeps who are attacking some locals, including uh, a couple of women named Dan- Danai and Loba. Uh, and then Marvel shows up. He takes part. Such great abs. Oh yeah, packs. like Marvel looking great. L- loving them lats. Yep. And, like oof, just we think, showing the we, guns. We think CrossFit. Huh? Yeah, he's <laughs> got Yeah, ninety yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. little, little DDP yoga. <laughs> yeah, little DDP yoga mixed in there. <laughs> yeah. uh, and they tunnel down uh, beneath the planet uh, and have a conversation about. Uh, what I thought was interesting, the cosmic control rod, yep. which is like a cosmic, powerful uh, it's the, it's, thing. It's the doohickey that allows yeah. Annihilus to yeah. control He's all so of... He's so powerful. Yeah, yeah. The, the negative so, uh, negative zone, and Johnny Storm had it for a while. Yeah. Like, if you get that, basically, you are the cock of the walk. Yeah. 
and they are in search of Annihilus. Bruce Dickinson. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Annihilus, turns out, has taken hostage one of the women, uh, uh, I believe Loba, from the start of the story. Marvell and Carol get taken... Uh, get arrested by this underground uh, civilization. Uh, one of the women, from, again, I think Danai, she comes to their aid right at the end and says, no, they actually saved us. Uh, they were under arrest because despite all of the, uh, uh, the uh, danger that was going on, this civilization is totally uh, pacifist and they weren't abiding by those rules. Uh, we get more of kind of what we love about the Generations series. This great interaction between these two characters who share so much uh, and yet are uh, just off uh, in terms of their interaction today. We get, there's a great last moment as Carol fades away and then pops into nothingness back out of the vanishing point and leaving Marvel alone on an asteroid floating through the universe. Who did the art? Brent Schoonover? Yep. Yeah, uh, there's a couple of pages in there where I bet... Margie and Brent were just like, just draw the coolest like nostalgia pages yeah. ever. There's yeah. cool, fantastic, very cool good stuff. flashback, pages. very cool stuff of Marvel's history. It's really neat. All right, we got Hulk number ten, written by Mariko Tamaki, art by Julian Julian Lopez and Francesco Gascon, colors by Matt Mila. This concludes the current arc of Hulk, where Jen has been trying to help this viral video star who's been poisoned and turned into a monster himself she catches up with him on a bridge uh lots of civilians in danger they have a great big fight beautifully illustrated uh lots of bad stuff happens jen nearly loses control hellcat shows up the big thing here is not even necessarily much can jen win this fight it's can jen stop herself from killing this person and we see that there are some very uh very big holes going on for Jen, and she's uh, still very much traumatized at things that happened in her life recently. And uh, she's got a visitor on the last page who's going to make things even more complicated. Yeah. Uh, all right, we've got Marvel Universe. What is the name of this title? Marvel Universe Guardians, Guardians of, of the, the Galaxy, Galaxy, number 22. I want to make sure it's not like Marvel Universe Presents. Or, yeah. Anyway, number 22, this adapts the Inhuman Touch episode of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon, written by David McDermott, directed by James Yang, adapted by Joe Caramagna. You've got Inhumans, surprise, teaming up, uh, a little bit possessed, then teaming up with the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Really cool little bit of lockjaw in here because more lockjaw makes everybody happy. Uh, next up we have Miss Marvel number 22, written by G. Willow Wilson, art by Marco Faya, colors by Ian Herring, and we uh, have an issue of civil unrest between Kind, which is a kind of... Uh, uh, it's a uh, bar. Kind bar. Ooh. Tasty. Gluten-free. Yeah, I like also. them every once in a while. Dairy-free oftentimes, too. Wow. Very, nice. very cool. Anyway. Non-GMO. Uh, <laughs> KIND is a kind of militant organization that has decided to hold a group of people hostage in a mosque, uh, including Kamala's brother. Uh, there's a big showdown between uh, them and the people of Jersey City. Kamala ends up teaming up with, oh yeah, Lockjaw. Uh, she <laughs> eats uh, a sandwich, powers up, goes up some against... Uh, Don't miss out on the coffee. Yeah, and goes up against Kind. Uh, her brother uh, gets out, and a uh, great individual issue, yeah. Old Man Logan, number 28, written by Ed Brisson, art by Mike Diodato, colors by Frank Martin. I almost picked this one. 
This is mm -hmm. a really good issue. Uh, you get a team up. Well, first of all, you get a nice little flashback to the original Old Man Logan story, kind of in between the pages. Old Man Logan and Old Man Hawkeye dealing with one of the Hulks. It's a young girl who tries to steal from Old Man Logan and learns a lesson from there. And then just this brutal bloody stuff of Maestro leading the Hulks and Maestro having to fight for control of the Hulks. Uh, it's a great couple pages there. Maestro just a total badass. Uh, Hawkeye, present day Hawkeye teaming up with Old Man Logan. It's a bit of an awkward team up. Uh, Hawkeye wants to know all about his future self. He learns more about his future self. Pretty funny moment. Uh, Diodato and Martin just illustrating the hell out of this issue. My God. Every page just beautiful, just nuanced, the use of dark and light. And uh, incredible stuff. You, one thing about Diodato, mm -hmm. he does this, like Diodato and his collaborators, consistent. He does a lot of books in a year yeah, uh, and does them at such high quality. It's, it's incredible. crazy. It's incredible. Um, and we get full circle with the flashback from earlier and the girl from earlier shows up as an adult to help out Logan and Hawkeye. And boy, are they going to need it because they got some angry hulks on their tail. Mm -hmm. All right, we've got Rocket number five, written by Al Ewing, art by Adam Gorham, colors by Michael Garland. This is a heist issue. It's Yay! <laughs> Rocket... Have you seen Logan Lucky? No, not yet. That's with uh, Channing Tatum, right? Yeah. Your boy? It's got Channing. He's your guy. <laughs> I'm going to go see if it's got Channing. Yeah, he's your, tell you he's, that right he's your now. man. Yep. Uh, so Channing Tatum is in that movie, and it's great. It's a heist movie. But this is a heist story as well, as Rocket is planning a score. and he's. It's really him telling, sort of recounting how he could do it, sort of stepping back, and then telling the tech net what they need to do. I love that the tech net are such a, an important part of this. And Rocket, he's wearing his suit. He's having a little drink. He's planning it all out. <laughs> uh, but, of course, there's a wrinkle in it because his ex-girlfriend, Ada, is there, and she recognizes him. Ooh, next up is Secret Warriors number six, written by Matthew Rosenberg, art by Juanan Ramirez, colored by John Roch. Uh, and we pick up with... Quake on a mission, and she does some really badass, uh, awesome hunting down for a victim that she doesn't know the identity of yet. She comes to find the one that killed her mentor, Phil Coulson, was indeed Deadpool, and she wastes no time after that. We cut to the other Secret Warriors. Uh, she has a, a disagreement, we'll call it, with Eden Fessy. Uh, Taskmaster shows up. Uh, the, what I thought was one of the best things out of any of the books this week was an amazing talk about abs, dum dum, uh, Hell Dugan. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Robot dum dum robot Dugan, abs. uh, who was showering I, and there's one part. Yeah. He's just posing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, it's so good. Kind of posing in the background. Anatomically correct. Yes. You know? <laughs> flapping in the wind it's just great uh we cut to dante in toledo ohio who gets some unexpected visitors and then we cut back to manhattan with uh with daisy who meets up with bullseye and there they find him wade wilson in the flesh not good um star wars dr afro number 12 written by kieran gillen new star wars writer kieran gillen look at that Ooh. pencils by kev walker art ink by Mark Deering. A uh, lot of bad stuff happening for Afra in this issue. Rur is still on the loose. Darth Vader has now joined the mix, so he is on board the ship. She's just trying to get out of there however way she can. Unfortunately, her evil droids put all this into motion, and they, they've screwed the pooch on her. They've betrayed her. They want to be emancipated. They, they want don't to be emancipated. Be, yeah. uh, they, <laughs> this panel right there 
is one of my favorites. Yep. She has mm-hmm. released their secure like the security. She's no longer their master, mm-hmm. and it's this like celebration of oh, all our weapons can they just, come out. All their now. weapons pop out, and they just go, "How delightful!" <laughs> so good. Uh, the droids get away. Black chrysanthemum. How do you say it? Chrysanthemum. That black chrysanthemum. I always want to say chrysanthemum, like the flower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the he, name, the name of my childhood bunny. Oh, yeah. oh that's adorable. Yeah, yeah. He it's, is kind of like guys. a bunny and a flower. Yeah, very much so. Um, she comes up with plans upon plans to try to get, save her own bacon and get away from Vader. But the fact is, Vader and Rur are on a collision course. Afra is caught in the middle. There is no escape. Yeah. Awesome. All right, we've got Unbelievable Gwenpool number 20, written by Christopher Hastings, art by Gurihiru. And this is like, there's so much going on. I love this book. This was nearly one of the ones I picked because you've got uh, Gwenpool from the future who is straight up evil. She is evil. She's come from the future to the past to save herself from not becoming who she is in the future. Mm-hmm. And she has to stop Spider-Man and uh, a bunch of other characters. And it's great. It's her talking to Gwenpool, trying to convince her one way or another. It's Gwenpool versus Gwenpool talking to Gwenpool and trying to reason with herself in different ways and explain the ways that they manipulate reality, how reality isn't reality, and it's comic book reality, and all... It's so, so lot. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot, and it's fantastic, and then they go outside the bounds of reality, and then you see that they're breaking the fourth <laughs> wall, and there's fourth wall tornadoes, fourth wall, and there's they're holding up the comic book pages of the previous issues. It's friggin', it's cool. There's a, weird, weird stuff. Big ideas. Very big ideas. Really, really big ideas. Cool like really great moments and an awesome uh, character moment for our Gwenpool that we know not future Gwenpool but our Gwenpool and it's, it's really great and there's going to be plenty more to come yeah uh, sometime this week in Marvel intern Angelica Lopez is obsessed with Gwenpool it's her favorite comic and oh. she's been trying to sell designer Cameron Moore on it <laughs> who was not getting behind it he said this issue was the turning point for him he's finally He's on board as a Gwenpool fan. Wow. So there you go. A little update on what the people inside Marvel are reading. Uh, including the Uncanny Avengers number 27, written by Jim Zub, art by Sean e- Izakse, colors by Tamra Bonvian. Again, uh, we great open names. up. Just great names. names. We open up on LaGuardia Airport, of all places, before immediately cutting to Graviton, uh, who has uh, ambushed the Uncanny Avengers, and that's where we left off the last issue, them floating above the mansion. Uh, we eventually get the each uh, uh, Avengers get their own Avenger gets their own chance at him before Rogue finally takes him down and then has a bit of a mental breakdown uh, before she's calmed down by her her buddies and then right at the end we see who showed up at LaGuardia Airport and what he's there for and it's there he's there for a very interesting reason. Venom verse number two continuing the big Venom event. Written by Colin Bunn, art by Eben Coelho, color art by Matt Yaki. Uh, the poisons are infiltrating the ranks of the Venom. Some of the poisons are basically they're basically the Venom, the symbiote's opposite number. They 
they can they can feed off a symbiote and as we learn in this issue they use the host of the symbiote basically as fuel they just break them down so here we've got spider-man's been taken over by a poison spider-man poison fights venom symbiote uh captain america has been jailed we get a bunch of the other symbiotes old man logan deadpool and mary jane coming to try to help bad stuff happening with captain america uh great fight between the venoms and the poison you see just how powerful the poison are the venoms try to regroup i love rocket raccoon venom i love dr strange venom i love a lot of these venoms uh i'm really sad about what happens to captain america it's very interesting stuff though we see who the big bad poison is and um some bad stuff coming ahead for our venoms especially deadpool who looks like he's really gonna get his butt kicked um before we move on to the next one i want to note that spin kick maggie has informed me yeah <laughs> Vision Director's Cut number four. We don't have it with us, but it came out this week. Of course, another in-depth look at the Vision series by Tom King and Gabriel Hernandez-Walta. Do not miss it. Yeah. All right, we've got Weapon X number eight, written by Greg Pak and Fred Van Lente, art by Mark Borstel and Ibram Roberson, colors by Frank Darmada, and this opens up with the Weapon X team facing off against Weapon H. Hulkverine. And uh, that's, yeah, you, Domino <laughs> says, now that's a Hulkverine. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, and, yeah, he's dangerous, and he trounces them. Uh, but it's an interesting thing. They notice that he takes out the biggest threats first. He doesn't kill any of them. He just really horribly beats them. Yep. And, uh, really badly. You know, they realize that maybe there's still some humanity left inside him, and they want to try to communicate him with him. But we see a lot more about who Weapon H is, a lot more about Clay's background, about his history, what he did, and, you know... The problems that he has going on, but at the end, there's a little uh, heel turn by one of the Weapon X members, and thankfully, someone comes in with a save. Yeah, big save. A little run-in. Uh, next, we have X-Men Blue number 11, written by Colin Bunn, art by Douglas Franchin, and this issue is essentially a big showdown between the X-Men and their demonic counterparts under the leadership of the Goblin Queen. We get uh, some really great perspectives on how some of these uh, kind of weirdo, backwards X-Men got to be that way in the first place. It's not very nice. They're not very nice at all. Hey, hey they're not mean. very nice, okay? These guys could use some beans, we'll put it that way. We end the issue with uh, a, a storyline that we've kind of been building for a while with Hank McCoy learning his mystic powers and using them maybe for not-so-great reasons. Finally this week, we finish up with Zombies Assemble 2, number 2, continuing this wacky, crazy, great story. Gross. Gross. Like, grossness. Look at this this squirrel on the uh, chapter page. Just zombie squirrel grossness. Uh, It was written and drawn by Yusako Komiyama. I hope I got that right. Script in English, done by Jim Zub. Letters by Travis Lanham. Uh, Cover by Kichi Miyushima. And variant cover by R.B. Silva and Israel Silva. Um, 
we pick up with the Hulk as a zombie. So basically what happens here is this is Avengers in kind of a loose movie continuity. Yeah, if you... Inspired by... Inspired by. That's, yeah. that's good. Inspired by the movie continuity. We get the characters. Uh, you get Captain America, Hawkeye, and Iron Man taking on zombified Hulk. They get um, reinforcements. They get backup. And we learn more about the roots of this zombie virus, more than we've ever learned before. Uh, some bad stuff happens to Tony Stark. Some gross stuff happens to Tony Stark. And by the end of the issue, there's a whole new group of people in Jeopardy. So it's all bad, all terrible. But it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun to read, guys. Yeah. It's kind of perverse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so last week, we didn't talk about the, the digital comic that came out. So all the books that came out this week uh, also available on digital. But we have a digital exclusive that came out last week. It is Thor versus Hulk, Champions of the Universe, mm-hmm. written by Jeremy Whitley. We Ar- talked to Jeremy about this a few episodes ago. We sure did. Art by Simone Buonfantino, colors by Irma Nivila, and it is fantastic. It is uh, Thor and Hulk. They are in space stopping meteors from hitting the Earth. And it's a competition. They're just broing around out there, (laughs) you know, teasing each other. I can break more rocks than you. And Hulk throws uh, Thor into a spaceship, the spaceship that is the cause of the problems. Does Hulk eat any beans? There are no beans yet. We'll see. Mm. We'll see. Jeremy, get him on the line. Yeah. Uh, But you got Hulk throwing Thor into the ship. There's a great, I mean, Jeremy Whitley, we love him. He does great dialogue, great story. And there's this moment inside the ship of these aliens who are complaining about uh, being, you know, going around Earth. One of them is like, man, I hate Earth. What do you (laughs) want to bet something horrible is about to come through that hole? Uh, And the other guy's like, nah, I think it was just. And then Hulk's hand just pulls the guy right through the hole. It is fantastic. It is Hulk and Thor fighting these goons. uh, And they... They get blipped into these little bubbles and a burst of light, and out pops this brand new character. Who, if we, uh, if you listen to that episode with Jeremy Whitley, you know it is a new elder of the universe. So cool. And her name is the Promoter. Yeah. And she's terrific. I love it. She, I've been watching a lot of Steven Universe mm-hmm, this mm-hmm, summer, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it is terrific. She reminds me of a character who might be on Steven Universe, uh, like a fusion character, and. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then that's great. She's also just really cool. She wears a top hat. She has a cane. She does this little song and dance and light shows and everything. She is promoting the champion of the universe. Uh, And she says... Your old buddy. Yep. Trico Slatterus. Yeah. Uh, We're going to have you, Hulk, and Thor go get this special belt. It's uh, the belt of Turgid the Unbeatable. And you get that belt and you can fight champion. And they go. And, of course, bad stuff happens. It was really great. Definitely check it out. It's a Comixology Marvel Digital Comics uh, exclusive. Exclusive. And also available this week in collections on sale. We've got Avengers by Brian Michael Bendis, the complete collection, volume one. Call Your Own Star Wars, Darth Vader. Deadpool, World's Greatest, volume nine, Deadpool in Space. Elektra, Always Been on Red. Figment, Guardians of the Galaxy, New Guard, volume three, Civil War. Kingpin, Born Against. Marvel Masterworks, Marvel 2-in-1, Volume 2 in hardcover. Mosaic, Volume 2, down below. And digital comics on sale this week are Thor vs. Hulk Champions just of the talked Universe, about number that. one. Literally just talked about that. That Very. was last week. Where have you been, Tucker? Hey, I, you know, give me... I'm Ron Burgundy here. No, Put anything on say. the teleprompter out and I'm going to read it. Well, also... On sale this week on the Mar- on on the Marvel app this week Iron Iron Man from 1999 number 37 to 56 Journey in- 
Into Mystery, number 21 through 40. Uh, Marvel 2 and 1, 11 through 13 and 15 through 19. And Marvel Super Heroes 19, from 1967, uh, 12 and 13. Digital collections that sell this week. We've got Avengers Infinity, Captain Marvel Masterworks Volume 1, Iron Man Masterworks Volumes 4 and 5, and Untold Tales of Punisher Max. Freshly digitized on Marvel Unlimited this week, we have 101 Ways to End the Clone Saga from 1997. <laughs> is Bruce on that. the cover of that? I think he is. I think Tom's on think the cover Tom's of that. Tom's definitely prominently <laughs> featured. Uh, we've got All New Wolverine number 18, Bishop number 1 from 1994, Bloodstone, the 2001 limited series, all four issues. Captain America, Steve Rogers, number 13. Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme, number six. We told you to go check it out, so yes. go check it out. We now know at least the first six issues are on Marvel Unlimited. Guardians of the Galaxy, number one point MU. Inhumans versus X-Men, number six. Kingpin, number two. Man-Thing by R.L. Stein, number one. Marvel Monsters from the Files of Ulysses Bloodstone and the Monster Hunters, number zero, back from 2005. Marvel Team-Up from 1972, number 47. Marvel 2-in-1, the original series from 97-4, number 11 through 13, plus 15 through 17 and 19. Mosaic, number six. Nova, number four. Old Man Logan, number 19. Power Man and Iron Fist, number 14. Secret Defenders, number 11, from the 1993 volume. Silver Surfer, number nine. Spider-Man Deadpool, number 15. Star Wars Dr. Aphra, number 5. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, number 18. Unbeatable, Unbelievable Gwenpool, number 13. And finally, from 1995, all four issues of Venom, Carnage Unleashed. It's a lot of books on Marvel Unlimited this yeah, week. Yeah, man. A bunch of Bloodstone things. My yeah. list in order of uh, favorites for Bloodstones, Elsa, Cullen, then Ulysses. I would agree. How about that? I have the same list. Right? I have the same list. Elsa is amazing. Yeah. Cullen has a lot of potential. Yep. Ulysses is kind of a dud. I never cared about him. Never. No. No. Not even go take a walk off a long, short walk off a long pier. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Long walk off a short long pier. Long walk off a short pier. Let's tell him to go take a walk. Let's tell him to go take a walk. <laughs> All right, guys. We are going to go to news, meaning you're going to hear me talk to Nick Lowe with our big exclusive news reveal. Then we're going to kick it to the West Coast. With, uh, what are they calling themselves now? Uh, Chrissy Vicious and Eric G. Yeah, great. <laughs> it's terrific. Great. Have you listened to the song? No, I, I'm going to. I'm going to uh, listen to it ASAP. I, we only, Do you uh, have it in your office? Yeah, yeah. Right, uh, Jimmy sent Jimmy Yarin, who created all the music for the show. He sent us, the, that was his first draft. Mm-hmm. And we were all like, yep, done, done, perfect. <laughs> it is Fantastic. Jimmy Aaron is a genius. He is. All right, so we'll go to them, and then we'll come back here with your questions and comments. Yeah. And now, from Marvel headquarters, it's This Week in Marvel News. Okay, welcome back to This Week in Marvel, and welcome back to This Week in Marvel, Mr. Nicholas Lowe. Hey, everybody. It's so good to be here. I feel weird not just having barged in. Yeah, no. I feel weird being an invited. You were guest. formally invited. We it's put true. this. We put this on your digital calendar it's and true. everything. You were. Uh, you were very officially on the podcast. I'm so excited. This is the first time you've been on it officially I in quite so. some time. <laughs> Maybe ever. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. So how are things going for Nick Lowe? I feel like. Ooh. I feel like honestly, and I'm not even 
BSing sure, you here. Sure. I feel like our listeners genuinely care about you. Oh, that's and so know nice. And want to know what's going on in well, your life. Well, I care about them too. Yeah. Uh, I hope you guys are all doing well out there. I, I think about you all the time. <laughs> uh, no, life is good. My wife and I are expecting our third yes. child. Crazy. Uh, next month. You it's, just don't stop. I, I can't. Yeah. Can't stop. Can't stop. I'm like, stop. I'm like, exactly. I'm like, was it sharks that can't, they just have to keep swimming? Sharks just keep swimming forward. I'm like a very... Uh, uh, gentle and undangerous <laughs> I thought, shark. I thought you were going to say a very virile shark. <laughs> that too. Yeah, that, that very, too. Mu- very much so. Uh, uh, yeah, so, uh, but yeah, but so, so life is crazy, and I got, you know, two toddlers mm-hmm. uh, already, and so that's crazy, but work is amazing. Mm. Uh, getting to work on some unbelievable stuff. Some stuff we're going to talk about today, and some, right. some I can't even talk about. Well, we can't talk about some stuff, Nick, but. This is a very big deal because this is the first time since we've kind of revamped the uh, news section here on This Week in Marvel. Oh, man. So we're like, yeah. Ever since we uh, rearranged the round, we're actually going to get to break something. Breaking news. Thanks to you. Breaking news. Yeah. So let me ask you this question, Nicolo. Yes, sir. What is Venom Incorporated? Oh, Ben. That is a huge... And do you say incorporated or do you just say ink? I say Venom Ink. Oh, yeah, baby. Venom Ink. Venom Ink. Tell uh, me all about this dirty yeah. Venom Ink. So, I, for a long time, uh, Dan Slott has wanted to do a Venom story mm-hmm. in Amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said that, that he's been beaten back from it a few times yeah. over the years. And there's always something going on with Venom or it turns into a book of its, of its own and mm-hmm. all this stuff going on. And he wanted to do a, a big Venom story... And since our launch of the newest Venom book and since the symbiote went back to Eddie, the time just seemed right. Right. And as we started cooking up a story, as we started to try and figure out what, you know, what, what sort of things Dan wanted to do, it, it was bigger than just Amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And so, we, we, so Dan came to the office. We flew Mike Costa in, who writes the Venom book. Yes. And we met for a couple of days and talked over, like, well, what could this story be? Like, what, what are we going for? Uh, and we cooked up this insane, insane story, and I'm so excited for this to come. Uh, it, it takes place in uh, it's it kicks off in Venom Incorporated number one, mm-hmm. Venom Inc. number one. Because you can say it either way, yeah, either way is fine. Works both ways. It sounds uh, great both ways. Thank you, buddy. You're welcome. And then it bounces back and forth between Amazing Spider-Man and Venom, right? And then it ends with another little one shot at the end of it. So we're talking one-shot. six parts here. Yep, six parts. Six parts makes sense. Sounds yep. about right. And then it bounces back and forth. So. But the the story starts with. Uh, do you remember Mania? Of course. Yes. Yeah. So from the late lamented Colin Bunn Venom series. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Great series. Yep. Great character. Series. So we we open with her, but things don't go very well for her. Oh man. Uh, she gets she gets uh, in the very first pages of the story. She gets ambushed right. uh, by who we discover to be. Lee Price. Oh no, no. The, the, the Lee Price, the nasty Lee the Price nasty from the beginning jerk of the Venom from the series. beginning of Venom. Yeah, and he steals the symbiote and okay. he makes himself into maniac. Mania to maniac. Yep, maniac. Wait, what happens to poor Mania? You're gonna have to read, and find, have to find read and find out. Find out. Uh, I, I saw that one coming. Yep, you gotta read yeah. and find out. Uh, but it, it it leads into this incredible story, and and it, and you might think, Nick, you just told me the story of the whole yeah, first issue. Kind of feels that way. Oh no, Ben. Oh no. Oh no. There's oh, really? surprises up our sleeves. We've. Uh, if you look at online when we release these, we've got like a, mm-hmm. a the cover for Amazing Spider-Man's number seven hundred ninety-two. Mm. There's a figure that's all blacked out and not in the way that Venom is blacked out. Right. Who is that person? I don't know. I'm not going to tell you. I think you do know. I know. But you're not going to tell I'm me. I'm not going to tell you. Which I respect. Yep. I love this. I love that at the heart of it, it is a story about the relationship between Peter Parker and Eddie Brock. 
Yes. Eddie Brock. Not quite. And Mr. Flash Thompson. I didn't know if we could mention him or not, because I, I didn't do. know if he was the guy who you were, you know, nope. being all mysterious about. Nope. Flash is so in So Flash it. is in yep. the story. Let's yep. let's cut to that then. We'll get back to the Peter and Eddie sure, of it all sure. in a sec. We haven't seen Flash in a little while. Mm-hmm. He's been kind of off the radar. Yep. Um, we saw in then in the Venom 150 one, briefly. Venom 150, we saw briefly kind of what happened to him to take him off the table. But where do we pick up with Flash? What what's been going on with him? Sure. Well, he lost the Venom symbiote. It got taken yep. from him. Uh, it got shot off of him by like, by some rogue FBI agents. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so he's been looking for it ever since. But also, uh, you know, since he's back, he was up in space for a long time sure. with the Guardians. Yep. And ever since he's back, he's been reconnecting with Mania, with, mm-hmm. you know, with Andy down in, in uh, Philadelphia. Yep. And he's been kind of reconnecting with his world up in New York. You know, we haven't seen much of that yet. We're going to see it coming up in Amazing Spider-Man 789. Wow. Flash shows up. Okay. You'll see him in Spectacular Spider-Man uh, number five. Hmm. Uh, he's in that. Uh, you pop it in here and there, uh, and very impressive keeping track of all this. By the way, thank you, buddy. Guys, I want you all to know he has no papers in no front papers, of him, no notes, no notes, no all up nothing in the digital. old brain pan, all in the old noggin, all just rolling around yeah. in there with the cobwebs of an unused brain. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, but yeah, but he's around, but but he doesn't feel whole. Like mm-hmm. if you know something about Flash Thompson, the. Even when he was a bully, a high school bully, mm-hmm. he wanted to be a hero right. so bad. He right, wanted right, to right. be Spider-Man. He loved Spider-Man. Uh, and he got to be that hero when he was Venom. Yeah. He got to be a space great. knight. He was living, he living be, the dream. Exactly. And it was dark at first, and there were some troubles at first, but he, uh, but but that was everything he'd wanted. And now mm. it's gone. It was robbed from him. Mm. Uh, and so he's trying to figure out what his role in life is. Yeah. And he's also searching for his friend Venom, this like the symbiote, uh, and so that's where his story picks up here. And where that story goes, I'm not going to tell you. Okay, it's amazing. I, I look forward to uh, to finding out. I, I love Flash Thompson; he's one of my Heck, favorite yeah. characters. I think he's great. I loved him as Venom. I love. I can't wait to see what you guys have planned for him next. Thanks, man. So Peter and Eddie. Oh never, boy, never the best of friends. Oil and water. Yeah. So uh, how does Pepsi and Coke? <laughs> Uh, 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 the Hatfields and the McCoys. There you go. Uh, what's a wrestling one? You know wrestling. Healing a baby face. Yeah, yeah healing a baby face. <laughs> there you go. All right. So, at the at the heart of this story has to be the relationship between Peter and Eddie, right? Because they're oh, the yeah. t- two central figures. What what does this story do for them and for their dynamic? Well, it's one of those fun things, like that. That you know, Spider Man and Peter Parker, uh, like you know, Peter is almost always like a nice guy, right? And but really, like one of the only people he's not very nice to is Eddie. It's true. He hates Eddie because yeah. Eddie did horrible things to him. Absolutely. And the people he loved. Yeah. And and the Venom symbiote as well. Like he hates the Venom symbiote. Like mm-hmm. that's one of those core things about Peter and about Spider Man. And this puts them, you know, in the same room more than once, and mm-hmm. it is not pretty. Right. Uh, Eddie, on the other hand, you know he. He is an interesting guy. Mm-hmm. He is not a you know a white knight. No. He is uh, he is at best almost like a begrudging hero or a hero with with a heart of coal. Uh, did you just come up with I that? I think I did. Holy moly! <laughs> we are making more than just news here on this week in Marvel. Making magic. Yeah, but 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 they are, are not. Neither of them are pleased to see the other. Mm. Uh, and one of the things I love most about the story is once it gets going, there are some very understandable uh, goals that people have, but they're not the same goals. Like Peter and Flash in issue one have very different goals. Mm -hmm. Flash wants to find the Venom symbiote and save it from Eddie, save it from whoever's got it. Uh, 
Uh, Peter wants to find the Venom symbiote and get rid Destroy of it. Destroy it. Yeah, yeah, he wants to get rid of it. Uh, Eddie, it, like he and that symbiote are in uh, one of the most interesting relationships I can think of in comics, mm-hmm. where like mm-hmm. it's it's love in whatever way you can think of it, whether it's very like you twisted. Know, very twisted, yes. odd, because it's it's not you can't really compare it to it. It's not like no. having a brother. No. It's not like having a, a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend. No. It, it is you have an alien symbiote that is linked to you and you how share you, thoughts you, in a brain. How do you relate to that? I, the, we're finding out in Venom and that's one of the things I love most Beautiful. about it because it's so weird. Yeah. Uh, but you know Eddie wants to keep it safe as well. Mm-hmm. So like Eddie and Flash honestly have more in common than they do than Peter and Flash. Interesting. Uh, and and then, and then you look at it where at Maniac, at mm-hmm. Lee Price, who becomes Maniac, who has a very different agenda from all of them. And you're not going to tell us what it is, are you? It's pretty scary. Right. It is wide-ranging. I will tell you what makes him different. Because mm. one of the things, we didn't want him just to be another Venom. We right. didn't want him to just to be another... Uh, like you know, symbiote wearing person that something we've seen before. Sure. Like you know, that's one thing that I've I've learned a lot. You know that that I feel like Dan Slot is really really good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you you never want to go at something in the same way. Mm-hmm. And so what we came up with, uh, what what Dan and Mike especially came up with was that like he doesn't just wear the symbiote. He weaponizes it. Mm-hmm. He he'll like spit. A bit of it onto mm. someone, so mm. and, and it, then like you, they get this black venom mask on their face, and the, and Lee can control their minds. Mm. Uh, and That's so, some nasty stuff. Yep. So we, we we show the cover of Amazing Spider-Man 793, which is part five, uh, part four mm-hmm. of the story. Okay. And that and Spider-Man has that on his face. Oh, no. It is not pretty. Creepy stuff, man. I mean, the cover's very pretty. Oh, yeah. Painted by Alex Ross. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, but it is scary. Yeah. And and we go to some pretty crazy places with that. Uh, and so I'm just so excited for people to finally know about this. And uh, It's so cool, man. It sounds like a really, really cool story. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be kicking off in Venom Inc. number one. You're darn right. Which is what month? Venom Inc. number one is in December. Okay. And we are showing, along with this podcast, a yep. bunch of cool art yep. that you let us see. Um to wrap things up kind of a little bit, just to bring a little closure to it, besides Dan, Mike, and you just mentioned Alex oh, Ross, yes. who else is working on oh, the books? Oh, please. Yeah. I can't believe it's taking this this long to That's talk okay. about That's okay. That's what I'm here for, baby. Ryan Stegman. Ugh, the worst. Oh, my God. I mean, Blake, horrible. Like Garris, what do you... Thumbs yeah, down. Yeah, thumbs down. Horrible thumbs down. human being, amazing artist. Yeah. It's, you know, amazing artist. He's as talented as, as he is odious. Yes. <laughs> but he is he's drawing the uh, Venom Inc. number one, mm-hmm. and he's drawing the Amazing Spider-Man issues. Very and, cool. Uh, and then drawing the Venom issues is Gerardo Sandoval. Nice. Also great incredible. Talent, yeah, he talent. launched the newest Venom series. He's done some great arcs on there so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the two of their art, I think, meshes really well together. Yeah. Great superhero artists. Absolutely. You know? uh, and, and Ryan has contributed so much. So has Gerardo. Uh, and they're going to probably share the duties on the, the final chapter. The, nice. And it's stunning. But the outline we have for this is so cool. The artists, the writers, it's just firing, firing on all cylinders. Nick, I want to thank you ah. for trusting This Week in Marvel to get this announcement right. It's my pleasure. We are going to do well by you. We're going to promote this. I'm very excited, my friend. Yeah, I hope you guys, on. I hope all the listeners out there are excited about this too. And I please spread the word. Yep. Uh, tell people what you know about it. And, uh, and I hope you all like the story. Thanks so much, Nick. Thank you guys.
This is Assistant Editor Christine Din um, here with a brand new West Coast segment. Uh, my awesome partner in crime, Eric, isn't here with me. He is in Orlando taking, you know, advantage of all those Halloween extravaganza. The scary parts, not the fun parts that Disneyland has. Um, and I'm at a secret location, undisclosed. Uh, you guys probably won't hear about it for another year, um, but I definitely have some news to deliver for you guys. Um, let's kick it off with the world of TV. This week we've unveiled the Marvel's The Punisher poster, which spotlights, you know, Frank Castle's famous skull logo. But within the skull, we see the word confidential in large red type. There's definitely a lot of other redacted info. You know, we'll definitely have to wait and see what's next for Frank in the upcoming Netflix series dropping later this year. And also in the world of Netflix, we have a big shout out to Marvel's Luke Cage and stunt coordinator James Liu, who won an Emmy this past weekend for stunt coordination for a limited series. Um, Definitely congrats to them. You know, the whole sequence and everything is pretty badass. Um, in the world of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., our favorite former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Lance Hunter, played by Nick Blood, is set to return for season five. In what capacity? We'll definitely have to wait and see. Sorry I'm not so secretive. I guess this is a, a, what happens when you're on a secret scout mission. Um, you know, tune in this weekend, Saturday, September 16th at 7 a.m. for a brand new episode of Marvel's Spider-Man in this episode titled Sandman, we get to learn more about, you know, Sandman naturally and his familial woes as his estranged daughter, Camilla, played by Descends to star Sophia Carson, isn't, you know, she's really not feeling this father-daughter love. She uh, blames him for being a sand girl and, you know, she's like, if I can't have a normal, you know, teenage adolescence. I'm going to be the best sand person I can be and tries to take on her father. Uh, she definitely tells Peter to stay out of it, but you can definitely find out a lot more on our YouTube channel and our social. We have a featurette with Sophia talking about her role as Camilla. Um, in the world of themed entertainment, we you know, head over to Mortal.com and take a look inside the Guardians of the Galaxy Monsters After Dark which is a new Halloween time attraction that's part of Disney's California Adventure. It's definitely cool. It kicks off today, September 15th, and runs to Halloween. We see a lot of cool things take part at California Adventure. You know, like normally it's always been part of Disneyland Resort, but now it's spread over. You know, you'll see take Halloween takeovers for the Cars Land attractions. Um, I think Boogie Boogie is going to greet you when you enter the park. So it's definitely a lot of cool things. And the Monsters After Dark segment of Guardians of the Galaxy's Mission Breakout ride is there's a whole new scene set to new music where just a lot of creepy, creepy, scary things coming at you. And now I'm going to kick it off to my two new games guests to talk about Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, which hits stores next Tuesday. And hopefully Eric and I will both be in the office next week just to tackle more things together for you guys.
Uh, I am joined today with the Marvel Games team. I have with me Danny Koo and Tim Singh. Hello. Hello, this is Danny Koo, senior producer of Marvel Games, and we have Team Sang. You want to introduce yourself? This is your <laughs> first time on po- podcast? Oh, is it your first time on the podcast? I think so, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Um, well, uh, yeah, my name is Tim Sang, and uh, I'm the art lead on the Marvel Games team. And uh, yeah, I've been working on Marvel vs. Capcom for a little over a year now, so excited that it's coming out. Awesome, yeah, so Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite comes out this Tuesday. September 19th. Yep. Um, Japan, though, launched it September 21st in Japan. I'll be heading out to Japan and celebrate with those folks over there in, at the Capcom Japan. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. That's right. He gets to go to Japan and leave <laughs> us all behind. Are you going to bring us back gifts? Sure. You got you to <laughs> get in line and get me some, some swag. Some cool swags from uh, Tokyo Game Show. From, yeah. 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 <laughs> So I know that there's a lot of cool um, extras and combo collector's editions. What can people do to if they can't get enough of Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite? Well, other than the standard game stuff, we announced the collector's edition with the four statues and infinity stone. Um, we do have some big surprises. Uh, we just recently, as of yesterday, or depends on what day you're hearing this. So recently, we announced uh, Funko Pop, uh, based on Marvel vs. Capcom. It's a two-pack, and it comes with a mix of a variety of um, characters in their alternate costume, which uh, no one has seen before. That's so awesome. Yeah, to give you an uh, example, we have the Captain Marvel Major Carol Danvers costume and Chung Lee's uh, casual costume. We have not announced that, but what's a better way to announce <laughs> that but and celebrate uh, you know, by introduce all these Funko Pops. That's awesome. Where can they uh, pre-order it or pick it up? Or please check uh, Marvel.com for more details on that. Um, you know, there are certain packs that are exclusive to certain uh, retailers. Mm-hmm. You know, such as uh, Target, Best Buy. You know, Fye. Or, or if you if you like Hot Topic, that, that that's a cool exclusive to. Yeah, have do too. we have a Hot Topic exclusive? Too? Oh yeah, that's we do. Awesome. That's cool. I know that you also had some comic covers planned. Oh yeah, we actually it's all out now. You know, um, fans can go out and collect the twenty varying covers of various lines of uh, Marvel comics out there. You know, it's inspired by Marvel versus Capcom uh, lineup. The pairings also, you know, is based on the story as well. So it mm-hmm. kind of fit uh, the varying cover program of uh, from a Marvel publishing. Do you guys have like a favorite, your own favorite pick combo, like um, plus a stone that you guys have been playing with? What's your favorite? <laughs> I I go with the simple ones. The the uh, I pick the most powerful characters, so like Hulk and Thor, and then I just go with the power stone and just oh. hit 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 them in the face real hard. It's like almost That's my strategy. It's like the uh, would would you put on like. Gladiator Hulk and you know Warrior Thor. Oh, for sure, yeah. you gotta have Hot Thor, right? <laughs> yeah, the Hot Thor. So that's actually the pre-order costume bonus uh, if you have uh, ordered the deluxe edition. Yeah, Hot Thor is not the official name. Yeah, but. it's War- <laughs> okay, Warrior Thor. Warrior yeah. Thor yeah. and Gladiator. Yeah. I mean, Capcom have uh, you know Hot Ryu from their Street Fighter yeah. franchise, <laughs> and uh, it's just appropriate. You know, it's Hot Thor. Hot Thor. You know? That's awesome. Um, 
I know I probably would choose Rocket only because he's so small, and then so people I can't take the hit. It right is away. it is difficult yeah. to to <laughs> hit Rocket so actually. You know, crouch down. Even if you crouch down, I think it's harder to hit him. Yeah, Rocket and Arthur. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> those, two, those two characters are cute. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how has it been working for a year? And, like, now that we're so close to the release, like, what do you guys feel? Uh, excited. I think, I think you know, I, I can't wait for people to, you know, finally get their hands on this. It's, uh, this, this title has had a, a, you know, a long legacy and for it to come back out and kind of uh, resurface, I think, uh, is, is you know exciting times. Do you still remember the time when we announced the, the game at uh, PSX last year? Yeah, people lost their minds, yeah. <laughs> yeah. At PSX, I, was, I remember seeing some videos, people were just like screaming and jumping and yeah. Yeah, since then we've been crazy. pretty busy and Tim Sang here, he's like the man behind you know, helping Capcom, you know, direct the visuals, like polish the visuals to get it in a good place so that we can present this product uh, to the fans. That's mm -hmm. so awesome. Yeah, it's been great working with Capcom, collaborating with them uh, and, uh, and and their vision and pushing in, making sure it comes forward, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think, I think uh, the you know, the goal was to essentially allow this game to stand on its own. That's why, you know, uh, the, it went for this more kind of cinematic uh, art direction, uh, yeah. What, what what would be the funniest moment working on this title <laughs> that you have encountered? Anything? Funniest. Funniest. Moment? Well, you know, funny stuff happen in game development all the time. <laughs> I know. I'm just yeah. trying to think of one that's okay to talk about. Um, that well, is not not spoiler. Yeah, sure. Well, I don't think this is a spoiler, but yeah. I mean, like. Uh, you know, there was one point where I was working with Capcom trying to like refine our hot Thor, right? And I think uh, there was one point where we were going back and forth three or four times talking about his nipples. <laughs> <laughs> and we were really trying to get it right, you know? And uh, I, th I think uh, our people who get that costume will appreciate the amount of How love and attention it. that <laughs> went into that model. <laughs> The amount of like, like yes. his skin, his skin glistens, right? And there's a little bit of like sweat and oil on his. Yeah. On his He's body. gonna be shirtless then. Yeah, so yeah. I've not yeah. seen that for so, the Yeah, so you have to look good shirtless <laughs> and still look strong. Yeah, of course. Fighting, right? Of course, of course. Yeah. yeah. He just rolled in oil. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of looking good, we will have uh, plenty of more uh, announcement on you know various costumes, just like mm -hmm. in Marvel vs. Capcom tradition. We we will have costumes. Yeah, so stay tuned on costume. We we know fans has been asking a lot. It's like, what are what are the other costumes in the game? So we we have great plans for those as well. Awesome. And I know Danny that you've you know really put a lot of care into the music selection for this game. Like, what would you say is whose favorite? Like, what is your favorite character theme song? I think you know in terms of excitement, Captain Marvel theme song uh, is is in a very very good place. Um, we worked on it on several iteration. You know what it feels like to take flight. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we need to convey the Captain Marvel's uh, characteristic in in the piece. The other one, in terms of um, excellency of uh, or orchestration, is probably Doctor Strange. Um, you know, it's it's you hear this and you feel like you are in this mystical uh, East influence world. So um, I'm very proud of that direction as well. And then you have crazy fast-paced, like, you know, iconic uh, Marvel 
um, heroes such as you know Iron Man, you know Captain America, Spider Man. When you listen to it, you know you know exactly which character uh, those music belongs to. Yeah, I think Danny did a great job actually. You know, like seeing it all come together. I, uh, of it all working and feeling uh, exciting, uh, you know, to work for a mar- to uh, to work for a fighting game, but at the same time, you know, being authentically Marvel, and as uh, and at the same time again, authentic to the character, and I think that's very difficult uh, to, to to capture, and I think uh, it came together very well. I think. Um, cool. Yeah. At one fans at one point, I was talking to the music composer. He actually went into the comic shop. It's like. He doesn't know who Nova is, oh. so he bought a bunch of comics yeah. reading about Nova, and he's understood who Nova is, and then he just created this beautiful piece. Um, you know, you can listen to it in in the uh, Doctor Light database in the game. Look mm-hmm. forward to it. Like every character has a theme song. Yep. Yep. So when you uh, play the game, do does the Marvel theme song also layer over the Capcom character you might choose? So it's in the fighting game. It's pretty it's interesting. It's dynamic, right? It's, it's pretty dynamic. So uh, the way it works is you always start off with the second player's uh, first character theme song, and then when you perform uh, Infinity Storm in the game, it changes the theme to whichever character that activates it. Mm-hmm. Or if you manage to knock out one character, then it will switch to your character's theme song. So it's kind of like back and forth fighting for dominance of music. That's awesome. Yeah. And then the the main theme is, so Capcom is more on the techno-electronic remix mm-hmm. side because they have an established character theme right. song. But it's still new for Marvel as an individual uh, character. So this time around, um, we established, you know, orche- orchestration of uh, rock um, and, uh, you know, cinematic for uh, the Marvel side. And then for the overarching, you know, main menu theme song and the whole <clears throat> canvas of it, we decided to merge both of them together. So even from the main menu, it's a merge war, if you will, for the music. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So. Mm-hmm. For fans, you definitely have to pick it up just to see how everything blends and really complements each other. Right, right, right. We're still trying to do a, a soundtrack. We'll see what happens. <laughs> she put on vinyl. That's, <laughs> a, that's a very good idea. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I love that idea. We can do a yeah. cover. Nice, nice cover. Yep, totally. Awesome. Are you going to draw, draw the cover? Yeah, and you make yeah. it happen, I'll draw it. All right. <laughs> It'll be exclusive. Awesome. <laughs> and then, so yes, yeah. For fans, definitely, you know, pick it up from your favorite retailer this Tuesday, September 19th. And any last parting words? You know, the game's going to come out, you know, um, I think Capcom is throwing a launch party. Uh, it's going to get announced more details soon. Oh, the de- details have come out by the time you <laughs> listen, to this. listen to this. But yeah, let's all celebrate, you know, we're, we're going to have a live stream to celebrate the launch as well. Yeah, so tweet at Marvel Games uh, on Twitter or post on the uh, Marvel vs. Capcom, uh, you know, official Twitter, and you know, th- we're gonna stream it off Capcom uh, Twitch channel. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Cool. Thank, Thank you.
we're back. All right, time for questions and comments. A reminder again, you can use the hashtag this week in Marvel and tweet them to us or email us at twimpodcast at marvel.com. Uh, we did get a great email from uh, listener Eric who let us know we were having some problems with the podcast, which helped us pinpoint some problems uh, that we didn't know about and get the IT team and our securities team and people who said a lot of things I had no idea what yep. they were talking nope. about. I was lost. <laughs> Servers and racks and spaces and different things. And HTML. Yeah. Dot, HTP, dot. Colon FTP, slash. Yeah. CMS. Says, says zoop. All those things. Gorgonzilla. So uh, suffice to say, we are on a path of getting some stuff uh, fixed and better. So the podcast comes to you guys and makes it faster to download and easier to find and blah, 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 blah. So thank you, Eric, for that email. And uh, from the tweets, we've got Alan Wilkinson saying, an amazing new Avengers Academy feature where people enter buildings of their own free will. Maybe game crashes less now. Turns out the answer is no. Mm. Cassius, hopefully uh, you get more help from the Avengers Academy game crew. The game is so cute. There's so many fun costumes and stuff in there. There was what they were having, a, a, like a Wasp had this great costume in one of the most recent updates. It looks so cool. Uh, but yeah. Uh, past Alan Wilkinson's tweets, we got Alan Howell saying, Episode 305 of This Week of Marvel podcast won't download or stream. Checked on Marvel support in there. Uh, we have Chadwick booing because the latest episode is not available. We, we fixed um, it, y'all. We and got it. we fixed it, Thank so you. everything's fine. Yes. Chadwick also saying, New This Week in Marvel podcast helping me get through this Monday. Mondays are the worst, right? Yeah. Garfield, he hates them. Ack. Loves My name's Kathy. <laughs> Loves lasagna. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've already we've dubbed Adri the Kathy of our office. Fits. Yeah. Yeah. Adri yeah. Cowan, the Kathy of our office. And oh. then she'll and she'll take her hair and go, ack. That's <laughs> great. Um, more from Chadwick. I'm excited to finally see Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver added to Future Fight. It's about time. Uh, big additions to Future Fight this week. They're doing an Age of Apocalypse storyline, which we've got more you can read about on the Marvel.com. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Dave DSG says the last this week in Marvel is so interesting. A lot of good info, prose and poetry writing by Jason Reynolds. Yeah, that Jason was my Reynolds. interview. My interview with Jason Reynolds, which I love. That dude was so fascinating to talk to. Just not even about. I mean, he had some really cool insights on Spider Man and Miles Morales and all that. But just talking to him about writing and uh, mm. the way he got into prose writing via poetry and just great stuff. If you I haven't listened to that one, give it a listen. I walked past a poster in my subway stop today for BookCon, mm. and I saw Jason Reynolds mm -hmm. and Rainbow Rowell, mm. and I was like, yeah, Marvel All-Stars. It's great. They should do a panel. Haywood says, my pick was Guardians of the Galaxy number nine at Jerry Duggan finally shows us why Groot is stuck in a cool uh, in a cool cameo. Shows us why Groot is stuck being tiny Groot. Yes. That is. Yeah. Joshua Cooper says, Jessica Jones may be the only Marvel character who can call herself Wonder Woman and get away with it. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Uh, Joshua says, my read-a-book day picks. Hashtag sure. read-a-book day. I sure. guess that was the thing. Must have been a holiday of some sort. Yeah. Uh, his picks were Jessica Jones number 12, Hawkeye number 10, and Generations of the Archers. Mm. All great choices. Joshua says, so... Ben can discuss Star Wars comics, mm -hmm. but we don't grant him the title of Master. Now, what's this about? Well, uh, okay. I, I got this tweet as well, and he's making a reference to uh, Revenge of the Sith, mm. where Anakin gets a seat on the Jedi Council, but he does not get the rank of Master. 
and he has a little bit of an emo movement. Am over I it. am I the Anakin of this <laughs> podcast? You might be. Wow. wow. I'm destined to be. I'm like Yoda. I call it. Yeah. I'm. I should probably warn my wife and children. <laughs> that <laughs> stuff you really should. That stuff. I think I'm going to be the sl- the space slug oh, from great. Empire. Good. Nice. Good. That's yeah. appropriate. All right. I refuse to accept my fate as Anakin. I will, uh, <laughs> I will have a better one. One more from Joshua. He says, Eric Goldman and Christine Din are Eric G and Chrissy Vicious. That was so awesome. I need to hear this. You do? I want to hear this right after we're done recording. And yeah, everybody, if you like the new song, if you like any of the music, please let Jimmy Yuren know. Mm -hmm. He's just Jimmy Yuren on Twitter. And if you just look for MSI on Twitter, that's uh, Mindless Self-Indulgence. That's his band. I love his music. I listen to it. He's really good. He's really great. He's really good. All right, Rafe B says there are only two in human screen a day in Paris at 2.30 and 8 o'clock. Going to try to catch it, but it will be hard. And then says WTF, one hour later while checking the times, it's changed to 4 and 6 and in French and no screening after today. What the hell? So what happened, Raph? Hope we got to see it, Raph. Yeah, sorry for that (laughs) cliffhanger you left us on. Robert, Captain Rogers 44 says Secret Empire 9 was something. The heroes take the fight to Hydra. True Steve's fate is revealed. Next issue, boss battle. More from Robert. Captain Marvel number 8 was great. Margaret Stahl rocks this book. Michelle Bandini and Eric Carsoniega Art is tops. Can't wait for legacy. And more from Robert. Oh, he's got oh, a lot. You got, yeah, you're not even <laughs> You dove right in. Robert's love, rocking it. Love the Carol Corey reference, but most of all, seeing Carol as the badass in battle she is and overall a great leader. Just read Secret Empire number 10. Nick Spencer, you've written the best Captain America story and by the extension comic event ever. And then uh, talking a little bit more, saying to Tom Brevoort, you and your team brought us a Captain America Marvel fans, a story we will never forget. When our hope would be rewarded and our true heroes would rise. When we would show that we will never give in to fear and hate, but stand tall for what's right. When we prove that we are worthy. Books like these are the reason I read comics. They show the best sides of ourselves that we should aspire to. And then switching gears. That's, uh, my, that, that's awesome. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. That was really nice. Really, Cap- really nice Captain Rogers, from, uh, Robert, thank Robert. you. Switching gears with Robert, he's tweeting to Kelly Thompson, Jordi Valera, and Rio Romero saying, you guys are tops. Hawkeye number nine was great, but I think Kate is going to need more peas. Go from beans to peas. Frozen peas. Um, yeah, and then Hawkeye number 10 was good. Knew something was up when Kate didn't drop any cheesy jokes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ricky Ribeiro says, so is Black Widow dead or not? Given how much was reversed and restored with the cube, I can't tell. She looked pretty dead to me. Yeah. That was, I there was a funeral. Yes. You should read Secret Empire Omega yeah. number one and yeah. maybe see the hints of other things. Who does? Question mark. Dun, 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 dun. And all right. Simon oh, Williams says. Well, no, hold on. <laughs> Robert's back. And, he, and I'm his exclusive tweet reader. Um, and while we may not have powers, the lessons are still the same. That was definitely not in order. Nope. That should have yeah. been further up. <laughs> Whoever gathered these tweets put them out of order. Maggie. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to get kicked in the face for that one, but it's worth it. Uh, Simon Williams says, Twim of the week for August 30th, Black Panther number 17. Nice to see Wakanda feels the same way about Storm as T'Challa does. 
says, it goes without saying, Black Panther and the crew number six was a great issue. I'd love to see where it goes, but obviously I can't. Mm. I normally don't read the letters page, but I did for the crew number six. It was nice to see how many other people felt the same way I did about this book. Also that the creative team felt it ended too early as well. Mm -hmm. We would agree with that yep. as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and you should read the letters pages. So many good letters pages. So like many good Squirrel Girl pages. has great letters pages. Wasp had great letters pages. Uh, obviously Black Panther has great letters pages. So, yeah, letters pages are, are pretty... Pretty great. I have an idea for a letters page thing. What? I haven't told you about this yet. Oh. I have a great... Uh, we'll talk about this after. Okay, I want to hear it. Um, all right. Simon continues, and he says, The ending to Moon Girl number 22 is really sweet. I hope we get to see more of Girl Moon and Ego's relationship. That'd be sweet. Yeah. After reading Moon Girl number 22, I'd love to see Marvel do a Father's Day special issue starring Luke Cage, Reed Richards, Ego, and the Peter Parker from Spider-Man Renew Your Vows. There you go. Yeah. That's an idea. America has, a, has been a solid series, Simon says. Issue number six has been the best issue so far. I want to learn more about this new character. As do we all. Yes. Morishes, Morishes, Morishes. Simon says, listening to This Week at Marvel number 305, I'd like to think Agent M and Ben Morris have the same relationship as mm -hmm. Steve Rogers and Bucky Barnes. Yeah, very similar. Yes. <laughs> uh, but like the I, comic book relationship, yeah. not the Tumblr relationship. No, not the Tumblr relationship. <laughs> yeah. No, but like in terms of me doing all the dirty work while you're doing the public facing stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. What, that's how we do it. One hundo. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Simon continues saying, listening to the Star Wars number 35 review on Twim 305, Agent M raps as well as he does accents. Well, think, oh, that is perfectly. Yeah. Him. Oh, oh. Here we go. <laughs> I like Star Wars and I'm here to say, I like Star Wars in a major way. And that was great, wasn't it? And then Simon continues says, Twim of the week for September 6th, X-Men Gold number 11. Nice to see Kitty and Colossus back together. A question, who is the villain in Generation X number six? Simon says he has don't doesn't think he's ever heard of them. Are we talking about Arcade or M-Plate no, or so, who? Yeah, Generation X number six, we had Arcade, but uh -huh. then uh, Kildare, uh, the kid. Oh, Cade Kildare. Cade Kildare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was from uh, Jason Aaron's Wolverine and the X-Men run. He's a homicidal little boy who runs a new Hellfire Club. Yes. He is the worst. Yes. Kate Kilgore. And if you have another question about the villains, at the end we see the Fenris twins. Mm, yeah, the, who Fenris are the Fenris twins. twins. Oh yeah, the Fenris twins are uh, Baron Strucker's kids. They're mutants. They can hold hands and fire blasts at each other or not at each other, at other people or each other I guess if they really wanted to. <laughs> They're nasty. They have a, one of those really close brother and sister relationships that's a little too creepy for words. <laughs> yep. Uh, Simon says he's sad to hear about the death of Len Wein. I forgot he created some so many characters I like, especially Storm. Mm. <laughs> Simon continues said, "I wish I could go up. I wish I could just up and go to Japan like Miles did." It was kind of crazy. Number twenty. He just he just, uh, yeah. He definitely just up and like bounced, but at the same time, that is not a trip I would want to take. He was like, no, it's terrible. On, he was like hide. You know, it was terrible. What terrible? Getting. Through on like boats and trains, stuck and on shipping. the side of a plane. Yeah. yeah, like that's not a. I mean, I that's guess it's a short trip. If you're, you're a youngster, you're stuck on the side of the plane for like what twenty hours or something. Yeah. That's crazy. All in one so, panel. I'd be so bored. <laughs> uh, a couple more from Simon. And terrified. <laughs> yes. Uh, Simon says there was a lot of karaoke in the comics for September 6, twenty seventeen. I'm sure Asian M was thrilled. Th hashtag this week in karaoke. Were mm. you thrilled? <laughs> You know what? I'm not a big fan of Carrie. I know. I knew that oh, about you, and yeah. I was trying to draw out that uh, revelation, <laughs> yeah. and I succeeded. Great. I succeeded. Great. Well done. Finally, 
Listening to This Week in Marvel number 306, Simon says, Yes, Agent M, I love your accents the same way you love Gambit. Oh, wow. shots fired. All right, those shots were fired, and that's okie dokie. Uh, next week, I am not here. I right. am traveling the world once again. Me and the Tuck Man holding things down. That's right. Let's hope there's not many comics next week. <laughs> no, oh, we'll yeah. do great no matter what there is. Yeah. Uh, and I've got stuff happening next week. It'll yeah. be great. If you're in Portland um, and you're going to go see Marvel Universe Live on September 21st, 22nd. I think that's a Friday. I'll be there. Ooh. Me and Ooh, the, hello. the Thwip team will be there. Team Thwip. Would love to say hi. So tweet me at Agent M if you're going to be there. And maybe we can say hi. Want to wanna say hello. Hello. <laughs> to the Twin Maniacs. All right. That's it. This is winding down. Yep. Yep. This is Marvel. Your universe. Thank you.